Hi friends, welcome back to the Health Board Podcast. I'm your host, Elena Davis, and I'm glad that you're here. Today's episode is kind of a part two to last week's episode all about liver health. And in that episode, we covered what the liver does and a few of the really important roles that it plays in our overall health, as well as what can happen when we don't support our liver health very well. And so if you haven't listened to that episode, I highly suggest you go back and start there because that's going to explain why a lot of what I'm talking about today even matters because you can hear the list of things to do to help support your liver, which is what I'm sharing about today. But if you don't really understand why it matters, you're going to be much less likely to care or to do any of these things. So I think it's really helpful to always know the why and to educate ourselves about our bodies and how they work and how they function so that we can do our best to support them to do what they were designed to do, right? So Without any further ado, let's get into what are some practical things that we can do to help support the health of our livers. Hey friends, I'm Elena Davis, your integrative health coach, and I'm so glad you're here. This is the Health Forward podcast where each week we will be talking about different things that move us forward toward a healthier and more fulfilling life. Thanks so much for listening in. There are a number of ways that we can help support the health and function of our livers, and most of them can be done from the comfort of our homes. So that's great news. I've broken these ideas down into a couple of categories to hopefully help it be easier for you to remember. You can always go back to the show notes as well. You can always find that at my website, yourhealthforward.com slash podcast. The very first thing that we can do to support the health of our livers is, can anybody guess it? You know what I'm going to say improve our gut health. I know I sound like a broken record here, but I am not exaggerating when I say that the health of our gut affects just about everything else in our bodies, especially our livers. If we have poor gut health, toxins can be recirculated right back into the liver instead of being excreted as they are designed to be. So If you are someone that's experiencing a lot of gut health issues, I highly recommend that you go ahead and work with a professional trained in gut health to address the root cause of what's going on there. And if you're someone who struggles with constipation or having regular bowel movements, this is something that needs to be addressed as soon as possible with a treatment that will address the root cause and not just force your body to go. Unfortunately, these kinds of medications, while necessary at time for short-term use, do nothing to heal the cause of the constipation and can actually harm the balance of the microbiome even more, which just perpetuates the problem in the future. So it's very important to make sure that you are going to the bathroom regularly. That means at least every single day. So if you're someone that you're like, oh, I go regularly, but then when we really get into it, you say you only are going every three to four days, that's not really ideal. Every single day is so important that your body is able to get all of the just toxins and excess of things that we don't need out. And this is the main way that our body does this. So it's important that it's functioning well. If this is something that you struggle with, here are a few ideas to help. High quality bone broth daily, every single day, you guys, at least for, I would say 30 to 60 days or more, 
is going to help heal some of the inflammation or irritation that can be going on in the gut. And it's going to help build a really healthy foundation for a healthy microbiome. Deep breathing or box breathing before all meals. So not rushing through your meals, not standing up, not being super stressed out when you eat, trying to actually sit down, take a minute to pause, do some box breathing or square breathing. That's where you breathe in through your nose for four seconds, hold for four seconds, breathe out through your mouth for four seconds, hold for four seconds. Do that for a couple minutes and that can help to calm your body before you eat. That's going to help your body in its ability to digest food and that is going to help not lead to more bloating or constipation. Also, eating every three to four hours and not skipping meals. This is so important. I know that when you think about bloating or you think about constipation, sometimes you think, okay, well, I'll just remove some of the food that is not going to help your body in any way in this area and when you are eating these meals make sure they are fiber protein and fat at every meal you're not just having carbohydrates you're not just having protein by itself also adding more variety to your meals so changing out the types of produce the veggies the fruit all that kind of stuff that you have changing that out and having a lot of variety there is going to also help promote a healthy microbiome it's going to help feed the good gut bugs and then another option that can be helpful for people who struggle with constipation is to gargle every single day. And what that does is that helps stimulate the vagus nerve. And so that is going to be one of the major things responsible for the motility of your gut and being able to move your food through the gut process. And so gargling starting small starting just for a few seconds and then building your way up to being able to gargle for two to three minutes at a time has been shown to strengthen that vagus nerve connection and to actually help increase motility helping to have more regular bowel movements and then taking a multi-strain probiotic i talk about this often and its importance however i do advise that it's best to start this after a few weeks of the daily bone broth or working on some other things to help really with the integrity of the gut and not just skipping everything else and then throwing on high dose probiotics that can actually irritate and cause more inflammation. So it's important to know what you're doing there. That's why I say if you're really struggling with issues, it's important to work with someone trained in this. And then hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. So goal is half body weight in ounces of filtered mineral water daily. That way you're actually hydrating your body and you're not just washing minerals out by drinking a huge amount of water. Also, you can add some electrolytes maybe once a day or so to help make sure that you are properly hydrated as well. The next thing I want to talk about is supporting the liver with key nutrients. So your liver is dependent on certain nutrients to function effectively. It needs protein to supply amino acids, which assist with the detoxification process. It also needs liver friendly nutrients, including vitamin C and B vitamins, zinc and selenium, as well as antioxidants that are very commonly found in cruciferous vegetables like broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, and kale, for example. And then healing foods like garlic and turmeric can also help support liver function by assisting with the production of liver enzymes. And so one simple tip for increasing the intake of these kinds of nutrients 
is to aim for having half a plate of vegetables at every meal and making sure to include some or all of the cruciferous veggies that I just mentioned. And so when you sit down to eat, when you're looking at your meal, 50% of it or half of it being full of high fiber, high nutrient veggies. Now, if you're working on your gut health or really probably for most people, cooked veggies are going to be more easily digested than raw. And so it's a little harder work for your body with raw veggies. And so I would keep your leafy greens raw, obviously, but then the other things, those cruciferous veggies, the sulfurous veggies, those kinds of things you can saute, roast, steam, however you prefer, but that might be slightly easier for your body to digest and absorb those nutrients. Then there are some other nutrients and herbs that can be helpful in supporting the liver. And so I want to share just a couple of those. The first one is NAC or N-acetylcysteine and then glutathione. Both are antioxidants. NAC actually is a precursor to glutathione and helps our bodies create that. But sometimes it needs a little extra support. So studies have shown that taking NAC or glutathione can help support the liver. And then also milk thistle, dandelion root, and astragalus are all herbs that are commonly used to nourish the liver and assist in healing, especially for those with congested or fatty liver. There are liver support teas that are made of a blend of some of these herbs, and that's a really easy way to work that into your daily regimen without having to add on a whole lot more supplements. I know that sometimes that can be overwhelming when we're already taking a multivitamin and probiotic and maybe a couple other supplements, and then adding on more can seem like a little too much. And so a liver support tea, such as the one by I think Gaia herbs. I don't know exactly how to pronounce that. I think it's Gaia herbs. And then also traditional medicinal herbs. They both have some really good liver support tea options. The next thing is to increase lymphatic movement. So unlike the circulatory system, the lymphatic system doesn't have a pump to keep things moving. It's dependent on the movement of your muscles and tissue to move the lymph around to different lymph nodes in the body to be filtered and then recirculated. So moving our bodies every day for even just 10 to 15 minutes can help increase circulation as well as movement within the lymphatic system. Also dry brushing is a super helpful tool for increasing lymph movement in the body. It's more of a manual movement and can be done daily or several times a week before showering or taking a bath. Another major way that we can help support the health of our livers is by reducing our exposure to environmental toxins. As I've talked about many times, the body, specifically speaking here about the liver, is designed to filter toxins. So we don't need to be 100% toxin-free or live in this pure bubble. However, we can place undue burden on the liver when the amount of toxins we're exposed to in the rate at which we are exposed to them is really high. Remember how in the last episode we talked about how every single thing we breathe, digest, or absorb has to be filtered through the liver. So when we're continually eating, breathing, and absorbing things that are full of chemicals that are harmful to our bodies, we create a huge workload for our livers. So, so I have entire episodes about how to become really educated and informed about toxin exposure and as well as simple ways to reduce toxin exposure. So you can go back and listen to those if you haven't heard those yet. And I'll link to those in the show notes. But for today, I just wanted to share three or four really quick ways that we can 
reduce our exposure to environmental toxins. And so the first one is choosing organic produce, specifically for the dirty dozen. It doesn't have to be for every fruit and veggie that you buy, but for those listed by the EWG as the dirty dozen, you can just look that up in a, in a really simple Google search, buying those organic. And then also our meats buying organic antibiotic free meats is going to dramatically reduce the amount of herbicides and pesticides and obviously antibiotics that we are exposing ourselves to. Also increasing our awareness of the ingredients in our personal care products and cleaning products that we use for our homes. The EWG is a great resource for this. You can just go to ewg.org and you can look up any ingredient. One of the easiest ways to do this is to just go into your Google search and type the name of the ingredient in the letters EWG. And most likely one of the first couple search results is going to be a, a webpage from the EWG's website, from their database that is going to say what the product is. It's gonna give it a rating, showing you whether it's something that is helpful for your body or can be harmful for your body. And then the thing I love the most about their database is that it also tells you why. So is this an ingredient that has been flagged to possibly be harmful for reproductive health? Or is it a possible carcinogen? Or is it something that could be an irritant for the respiratory system? Or it's just known to create an allergic reaction and it helps you to make a more informed decision. And so that's a great place to start. And then you can slowly start to switch over to less toxic personal care and cleaning products in order to decrease some of that burden. And then decreasing foods or substances that can create a greater workload on the liver, such as alcohol, obviously drugs, sugar, high starch carbohydrates, especially without protein and fat along with them are going to increase the workload on the liver. And then caffeine as well. I know that's a difficult one, but trying to be very intentional about intake and not drinking it all day, especially not drinking it by itself without also having food with it. There's a lot, lots of things that go into that, but trying to just decrease anything that's going to create a greater workload for the liver. There are also a few other ways to support the liver that I wanted to mention, a few alternative therapies. The use of a castor oil pack over the liver is believed to increase circulation to the liver, as well as to help in the production of one of our master antioxidants that I mentioned earlier, glutathione. And so it's been used for centuries for that. And so that is one option that you could do easily at home. You can order a castor oil kit online that makes it very simple. It has all the ingredients. You do want to be careful about buying organic cold pressed castor oil that is in a dark glass bottle. And so because of the nature of castor oil, it can really easily absorb the chemicals if it's stored in plastic, and it can also be really sensitive to light. And so a dark glass bottle is very important when you're buying castor oil. Also, Epsom salt baths are helpful for many things, especially in relief from sore muscles or reducing stress. But some also believe that the absorption of the magnesium sulfate from the Epsom salts can also support the liver in its natural detoxification process. So just to create a little extra support there and to add a little magnesium into the body because a lot of people can be deficient and not even know that that's going on. Acupuncture has also been shown to improve circulation and therefore decrease stagnation, which is believed to help increase liver function. And so there are many studies showing that acupuncture is directly helpful 
for liver health. And then the last thing that I wanted to mention was that in traditional Chinese medicine, it is believed that there is a direct link between unresolved feelings of anger or sadness and poor liver health. And we know that unresolved emotions and trauma can lead to chronic inflammation and even poor adrenal health as well. So this is just all the more reason to be sure that you are paying attention to your emotional health as well, not just your physical health, and that you're managing stress regularly, that you have some kind of practice in place to help with that. And then if you feel that you need some additional support, seeing a counselor or a therapist as well. Most of us have past experiences or feelings that we often need some help navigating. And so, so that's just a few ideas of ways that we can help support our liver health. And like I said, in the beginning of the episode, a lot of these are things that we can do at home or are things that we're already trying to work into our daily and weekly rhythms. And so things like increasing veggie intake and moving our bodies regularly, managing stress, all of those things are things that we already hopefully are working towards. And so just adding in a few of these other things or combination of a few of these other things, really working on our gut health, doing the Epsom salt baths, using a castor oil pack, dry brushing, those kinds of things can help really build this foundation of health and support our livers as they help support our overall health. If you've enjoyed this podcast and you have learned something about your liver and how to support your liver health, as I hope that you have, please let me know by leaving a five-star rating and leaving a review on whichever podcast player app you are listening to this episode on. And be sure that you're subscribed to the episode so that you know when new episodes are coming out, we are starting to get near the end of the year. And so there will only be a handful of new episodes coming out before the end of the year, before our holiday break. And so I don't want you to miss any of those. Make sure that you are subscribed so that you always know when those are released. And that does it for me today, friends. I hope that you have a great day and that you keep moving forward that you go love your people well, and I'll talk to you next time. Please remember that the content in this episode is not to be considered as medical advice and is only intended as general health information. Thanks so much for listening in today. See you back here next week for another episode of the Health Forward Podcast.